It's Yolakali. What's up? The following program was brought to you by Yolakali. Keeping it weird since 1997. Oh. Who's that? Who are you? You're not allowed to be in here. Hey, yo, somebody get their grandma. Huh? Ah! Ah! Nah, you gotta do it like this. What's Up is back with another two hours of fully youth-produced content, tapping into the matters and concerns of youth in Chicago. As well as all the crazy, wacky, tea-sipping, gossip-spilling, weird shenanigans that we, youth, get up to. Listen to your own risk, because your mind might explode. The chances are low, but never zero. So strap in, and let's get into the show! What's up on WLPN LP Chicago 105.5 Lumpen Radio. Hope everybody's doing well. And we have an amazing guest with us today. From being a video editor, book author, and having accumulated over 90K fans and millions of views, we welcome here the very inspiring Donut Factory. Oh, yo, what up? It's Donut. And thank you so much. That was an awesome intro. Sometimes I forget that I used to do music videos and edit and all that. So... Uh, yeah, thank you for letting me be here. Uh, what's going on with you? Diego? I watch you all the time, so it's really cool having you on the show. So thank you for accepting it. But that leads us to our first question. How would you describe Donut Factory? Donut Factory, we cover the occult. We cover, and occult means hidden. We cover weird, weird topics that are not for the closed-minded people. We might talk about things that will trigger people into questioning their own reality but we document it and show the proof and it's pretty much the mysteries of the universe the phenomenons secret societies to weird symbols in this simulacrum that we're in this matrix reality has been archetypes designed by controllers to kind of keep us under control a lot of people it falls under to the conspiracy terms where people are like, oh, those are conspiracy theories, not knowing that that term started existing after the JFK assassination, where they wanted to discredit anybody questioning the official narrative to make them look crazy by using terms and using stereotypes. So what I do is really I follow my excitement, my passion of learning. I'm very disappointed in the schooling system growing up because I had so much potential and wanted to learn. But when I rose my hand, I was laughed at by the class and called a class clown. But I was asking serious questions and it kind of got me into a depression. And then once I graduated, don't know how that happened because <laughs> I stopped paying attention for a, a long time. But I was always interested in learning but I was questioning the reality that I was given. So Donut Factory, really we cover wild topics from time travel to the music industry being controlled 
either by Satanists or secret societies for a weird agenda. And we show a lot of documents that connect the dots. It's pretty wild stuff. How did you get your start? You said you were very disappointed in the schooling system. Is that what led you to this path you're on now? You know, that's a great question. Um, as far as I can go back, I think it was when I was a kid, I was scared of the supernatural, the boogeyman, aliens, the X-Files, uh, ghosts and stuff like that. And I always knew like that they existed and I was scared of them. But, you know, people, my dad and other people like that stuff doesn't exist. And then my mom's like, oh, no, it exists, you know, so I think that's what really started the questioning. I was raised going to a Hasidic temple where they would tell me stuff uh, about the rabbis would be like the dinosaurs weren't real. They would say stuff. I, they could have been just messing with me because I was like a kid. But it made me question reality. And I'd go to the school system and be like, dinosaurs aren't real. And then they would be like, no, you're wrong. And your rabbis are wrong. And so like, I was always questioning stuff growing up in the punk rock movement as well. Always had a anti-establishment. I remember I saw Jello Biafro of Dead Kennedy speak right after September 11th at a Bone Thugs concert in Las Vegas. And he was questioning George Bush. And then I looked up his interviews and he was talking to a, a rabbi, like synchronicity, like all these things are like connecting in my own reality about how there's all these weird satanic symbols. And then all these different in, in the industry and in religions too. And I, started looking into it more and then i fell into uh jordan maxwell i fell into that rabbit hole of he was an occult researcher since i believe the 70s he's been doing it for a long time and that took me down a rabbit hole of more symbolism of saturn symbolism where does money come from maritime law how how everything the the water thing it was pretty interesting how cash flow it's a flow of cash you got liquid assets which is the liquid everything is to do with maritime law even the way that we are like we're born like on our checks it's all capital letters when we write checks because we are a corporation our names our bodies our social security all of that goes into some deep, deep stuff, you know, and I'm not an expert on it. I just know the little tidbits of it, but I think that's, was my awakening process. Just that. You noticed all these things in the music industry, but somehow you ended up working with underground artists. How did that come about? Sure. Yeah. I worked with a lot of underground artists everywhere from Cottonmouth Kings, Suburban Noise Records, Necro, uh, Psychological Records, Twisted, Magic Ninja Entertainment, Gmo Ski, so many different artists. I've always been into making music videos. I even moved to California and had a uh, internship with a big record DJ, like one of the, he produced Tupac, like back in the day, like his first album when he came out to California. So 
and Mac 10 and like all, all the stuff that I grew up and he really mentored me. And I was living in California, pursuing the movie music industry and nobody wanted to mess with me. It was so weird. I, I couldn't believe it. Um, and so I moved back to Arizona and linked up with my friend Intrinsic, who I've been making music videos with since I was 12 years old and he was 21. And I had a website and all that. And he didn't know I was only 12. And I was like, I'm my own website. And I just was doing music videos and stuff like that. And that's how I came up with Donut. Like Donut was, I just wanted to make music videos. And uh, everything changed when the entire world uh, locked down and things changed. Having all that experience working with underground artists, how did how do you implement those skills to your channel now, the Donut Factory? Because it's really amazing how you edit your videos. It's so engaging. It keeps me in tune every single time I watch one of them. Oh, well, thank, thank you, bro. That that means more to me than anything else in the world. Every single thing that I do with my videos today gives me an edge on the topics I talk about because I come at it with that music video. Hip hop's all about, uh, there's different elements to hip hop, right? Like I wish I was an awesome rapper. You know, I, I'm so, I love hip hop and there's different elements to it where you need to be confident. You need to like attack the opponent. That's why there's always the beefs and uh, whoever. Okay. Yeah, and, and so like when I come out of video, I'm like, bro, I'm gonna make this video doper than any video that's ever been out there. And I'm gonna like blow people's minds. And so when I'm editing it, that's kind of how it, it was. I used to edit videos for the underground hip hoppers. <laughs> For like 25 bucks a video and I would spend like three days on it and I was broke living in the studio apartment I dedicated my entire life to being the best video editor so what I learned about being in the hip-hop world or the entertainment industry with trying to become a underground celebrity or an underground success is that it's all about branding. And I was going by a bunch of different names. I went by my real name and nothing happened. And when I was being mentored in California by this Grammy producer, he told me, oh, you need to brand. And I swear I was working at Costco. I hated my life. I was so depressed and I had this little phone and I would write notes in it on cool ideas. And I said, it'd be cool to write donut like dough, like money, like dough. And I just wrote down my phone. And then I got this opportunity to go make music videos. And I was like, I'm gonna try this rebranding thing and go by this like hip hop name, donut, instead of my real name, Alex. And it was a success. And yeah, so that's kind of how <laughs> it kind of helps me out with that. Let me tell you, your branding is on point. Every single time I say, yo, I'm like, yo, what up? It's Donut. It just happens in my mind. Like my sister, she loves to watch you too. Sometimes we'd be looking at each other and you're like, yo, what up? It's Donut. You know, great branding. <laughs> it's really amazing what you've accomplished. And you said you spent all your time, your whole life into music editing. It's really paying off. Yeah, you, you have a platform now. Did you ever expect yourself to have this big little platform? Yeah, Um. well, you know, I knew that. I was great at the video editing because I've been working and thank you for those compliments and shout out to your family. 
um, it's funny because I'm popular on the internet, but like I walk around, sometimes people recognize me, but you know, I sound so like arrogant and cocky when I'm like, yes, I, I do know that. I knew it was going to happen. I just didn't know when. And I talked to people on the phone and they're like, how come you're growing in subscriber rate? And I'm like, bro, I've been on YouTube doing stuff for over 10 years. Like, so people see the, the quick successes. Um, like it was like a rise to power so quickly, but a very, very slow and slow and steady wins the race. It's a, I'm planning on doing videos the rest of my life, whether that's documentaries, vlogs, whatever it is. If I knew I would do good, it's just that I've always been in a position where I wasn't allowed to shine because I had to eat food. I was so broke for so long in my little studio apartment, taking $25 gigs, just so I can buy a pack of smokes and eat a couple quesadillas at night or what, whatever. But when I edit videos for other artists, for they, they would get hundreds of thousands of views. I would edit for other YouTube channels. They would get hundreds of thousands of views. And I was all like, never did it for myself. And there was this switch that happened where I was all like, you know what, I'm done working my butt off for everyone else. And I'm going to go independent. I'm making everyone else like successful and I'm not getting really much out of it. And it was a long journey of, of uh, recovery. I got sober seven years ago and recovering my spirit and my connection with God and then recovering my finances, recovering my relationships and recovering my relationship with myself really is when I started being like, you know what? I need to put in that effort for myself and kind of love myself more and focus a little bit more on me. And then when I started doing that, things started working out for me much better. Uh, so I always knew that it would grow, but I didn't know how. And I don't know what's going to happen next. <laughs> no, that's amazing. It's great to see you shine at a craft you've been perfecting your whole life. It's like I could watch a conspiracy video about some like a random person on YouTube, right? They don't have that engagement. You know what I mean? They don't have that editing skill and talent that you have. So, yeah, you have a really big appeal. And I'm glad people are noticing you're getting the recognition you deserve. We know you got a Facebook ban. How did you feel when that whole thing went down? You obtained millions of views on that. And they just decided to shut it down. Oh, so yeah, this was a big growth lesson. I had this Facebook for so long and I was making comedy videos on it, working so hard on it. And then when the world got locked down, I started talking about that and I would post a video and it would get a million views every time I posted it. So I'll post a video about celebrities. It would get a million views the first day within 24 hours. And I was like, this is nuts. And then I would post again, a million views. I'm like this, and my Facebook got to half a million subscribers and I couldn't believe it. And then I got banned from Facebook. I couldn't log in. I couldn't do anything. Facebook's connected to Instagram. I got banned on Vimeo and I was, had an account with Vimeo since I was 19 and doing videos for school for filmmaking. And then I'm like in my thirties and I'm banned from there. 
I've been banned from Twitter before it was cool, before people were getting banned from Twitter, I've been banned from Twitter. Um, and I was very upset at first and I was in the victim mentality, like, how dare they do this to me? Oh, I'm so important. Mm, you know, like they do this to me and make my life hard, which is true. And it's not fair because Facebook is an information highway that everybody should have access to. And I wasn't, you know, uh, doing hate speech or anything like that. Like there should be some uh, regulations at an extent. And, and I wasn't doing any of that. I'm just speaking my mind and that should be free, you know, First Amendment stuff. And they, they took it down. I was upset. I played the victim. I was really upset. And because that's my livelihood, my business. How am I going to like survive? And then I realized that I'm connected to the biggest social media platform in the universe. And that's the universe, right? That's God in the universe. So like, then I had this realization that they can ban me from anywhere. It doesn't matter because I'm connected to, I guess they call it the Akashic records. I'm connected to the world. You know, I'm part of here. I have the right to breathe right when I was born, right? I, and so do you, and so does everybody else. And I just remembering that, you know, having that self-love and, and then it was great. And then I felt good. And then I had to rebuild it. And that's what I did. I just rebuilt it. <laughs> having to rebuild it on YouTube, a completely different platform. Did you find any obstacles you had to adapt to? There is a lot of obstacles every single day. It, it gets harder and harder. I have to figure out how I have to follow the rules, but there's no clear rules on what you can do and what you cannot do. Um, you just got to be smarter than the machine. <laughs> so the AI algorithm you got to be smarter than if you want to succeed in uh, such a volatile platform like mine. My platform, it's so volatile. I never know when I'm going to just disappear. So it keeps me on my toes and it keeps me creative, getting email lists and whatnot. And yeah, it's, it's just about rebuilding and having a good time while you're doing it. <laughs> I forgot to say congratulations on being seven years sober. So, oh, thank you. So it's, it's a great accomplishment. I always wonder because I'm subscribed to you in a lot of things. And I always wonder, do you have a team behind you? Because you have websites, you have Patreon, you have your YouTube channel, you have your merch with the donut buckets. Do you manage it solo? Is it just you? Do you have a team behind you? How do you manage everything if you, if you do do it solo? So when I do the video editing, that's my thing. I'm a video editor. So I edit and that's what I do. I'm all, all that's me. I got a graphic guy. His name's Killator, <laughs> Justin Parker. He's the greatest artist. I love his artwork. He does all my art and I've worked with other artists as well. Uh, like McNasty, uh, Christopher McDaniel, McNasty, uh, but real, I use Justin Parker a lot. His name's Killator and his stuff's so amazing. Uh, so he is part of the team. I got a friend who helps me do the research. He likes to stay anonymous. And I got a guy who helps me when I do big projects with audio. He helps me with sales. If I'm selling something with a web store, 
Uh, so it does take a team. That's I, I have learned that uh, I've always been an independent guy, do it myself. But having a team is where it's at. Uh, together, everyone accomplishes more. And when I go on to other podcasts, it's a team effort as well. Like we're a team right now going on to this and this will help us both grow and reach more people. So it's, it's kind of, I do have a team, but uh, the art that you see is also me being an individual as well independently. But yes, there, there is a team and then it's solo and that's a team. It's like both, but I hope that makes sense. Yeah, it makes sense. But this like, this, this question is completely random. Oh, good. I love How did random. you get Chan? How did you get Chan? I just want to know because he's a great looking cat. Yeah, so like Chan, he's, he's sleeping right over uh, there. He, Chan is a godsend. Um, I was real depressed. This was about nine years ago. I was in my studio apartment working on the donut stuff and I didn't believe in God. And I was so depressed and sad and lonely. I had a conversation with God, I swear. And I said, God, letting you know I'm lonely. I'm just letting you know, like, because I, I was all out of answers. And it wasn't even like, uh, oh, like a prayer prayer. It was just like, yo, I'm, I'm lonely. The next day I opened my door and Chan runs into my little apartment and I didn't know what it was. I thought it was like a rat because it was a kitten and I was freaked out. I was like, there's a gross creature in my house. And uh, then I looked outside and it was a litter of kittens. There was like 12 of them. And then I, I'm in Arizona and I get a text message saying there's going to be a hurricane in Arizona. And I'm like, there's no hurricanes in Arizona. That makes no sense. And so I got all the kitties and I put them in a box and I brought them in my house. And then I donated them all out to the neighborhood. I said, I didn't say this. It came out of my mouth and I, I didn't say it. I said, you can have anyone but this one. And it was Chan because he jumped in my apartment. And Ever since I've had him, I had my doors open and my windows open so he could leave whenever. And he always came back. So it was pretty much, uh, I believe, God sending me someone so I wouldn't be lonely. And he saw me not sober and sad, and he saw me get sober. And now I got a two-bedroom apartment. Swag. Swag, <laughs> swag, swag indeed. So what's your thought on cats? Because like your mom is my mom's really superstitious she's like really superstitious she tells me take care of the dog and that cat they protect the house when you're sleeping and then yeah so what do you think about cats what do you think about pets do you think they have like some special type of powers i do but what like so the cats protect the house so because my mom is really superstitious sometimes she's like oh i see she could go into a house and she's like this is weird this is real this is really weird she could sense when things are bad and normally her her gut feeling is right Every single time she senses something, like a month, two months later, somebody else in my family notices like something weird going on in the house. Like not too long ago in the apartment we live in right now, as soon as we moved in, she told me the house feels really weird. And then not too long ago, it was me and my sisters and there's like the hallway and the light kept flickering on and off. And my sister walks past the door and the door moves completely by itself. So yeah, so my mom's really superstitious and everything she's, when she tells me something's wrong, it's normally wrong. So when she tells me like, oh, the dogs and the cat, they protect the house when you're not 
you're not a, when you're not awake. So take care of the dogs and cats. Bro, I got shivers, dude. I swear, dude. Because <laughs> I relate to it a lot. Like, even last night, bro. Like, but yeah, I think cats, they're on a super mystical plane. I think they see things that we can't see. Uh, very interesting creatures. I've never had a cat before. He's my first cat. But um, when I moved into this apartment, my whole apartment, I was with this girl on a date and I didn't know her. It was the first date. We didn't know each other. And she brought over chocolate and I, we go into the other room and we hear the chocolate moving, bro. I'm getting shivers just talking about it. The chocolate starts moving in the wrapper. And I thought someone was in the house or it was the cat or something. And I got up all paranoid, like what the, what the heck is this? And, uh, she's like, you know, ghosts like chocolate. And then it got real cold in my apartment and we're in Arizona and it was so cold. We had to go outside and it was hot because it's Arizona. It's hot. And my AC doesn't work good or nothing like that. And this happens to me. Like when I'm talking about it now, I'm getting cold talking about it because this apartment complex, I swear I see ghosts sometimes. And it's an old apartment complex going back to when the rat pack used to like perform here these were hotels and so i know some weird stuff went down here um but yeah it gets it gets freaky so i just open up my windows and i tell the ghost hey you need to leave this is my apartment and i believe that they leave when i tell them that because i'm like bro um i got like prayers all over my house and stuff like that uh but I still think that they're, they try to get back in and stuff. So thank you, Chan, for protecting the house because last night I heard something move and Chan got up and all freaked out. And then I had to like rush in here, like what's going on? Yeah, it's, it's weird. I was honestly, that's what inspires me to do the donut stuff is those things that can't be explained. So what happens when you have an artist block? Because for me, it happens a lot. And when I'm writing something, then I just get stuck on it for like days. How do you get out of it? What happens? What do you do to get out of the artist block? Is there anything in particular that you do? Or it's just when inspiration hits you, it hits you? Wow. Wonderful uh, question. And I believe that I'm perfect to ask that for because recently I've been going through the artist block as well. Um, I'm just not inspired. Don't want to talk about negative stuff. Uh, I don't know what I'm passionate about right now. And I'm going through that as well right now. It's just all about just, if you're not inspired, you got to still do it anyway. And I got a lot of different things I do to get myself into the momentum. It's all about momentum. Once you got momentum going, hold on to the momentum and keep it going. I like to go on walks, swimming, and uh, light incense and light candles and I like to go hang out with some friends, kind of get myself into the zone, but it's really at the end of the day, just showing up and just doing the work, even when you're not inspired sometimes. And then, uh, and then it kicks in. That leads us to our final question. Can you define su success for us? I think success is a personal journey so what I find successful is not what my dad will find successful or what my mom or society 
if I can make movies or videos and live comfortably and take care of Chan, <laughs> I, I'm a success. But to other people, success could be a different thing. That's taking care of their kids. I don't have any kids. So every success story is uh, their own journey. But um, I think for me, what success would be is being able to create videos and documentaries and showing them to people um, and being able to live a good life doing that. I believe that's success for me. Well, amazing. And that brings us to the end of the interview. That was a showcase of hard work, persistence, and talents, ladies and gentlemen. That was Donut Factory. So can you, can you say where people can find you? You can search Donut, D-O-E-N-U-T, and you can find me by just searching that. Swag, Swag Nation. Okay. Swag. Well, thank you for being a part of this donut. Yeah, thank thank, you. this is What's Up, and thank you for listening. Danger. Hey, you're listening to What's Up on WLPN LP Chicago 105.5 FM Lumpen Radio. And that was a wonderful interview we just had with Donut Factory. And my name is Diego. I'm here with YOLO. And we're going to get into some conspiracy theories. Okay, so um, one big conspiracy theory that I've always been like a wow about is the one, we were just talking about this, which one was? Oh, yeah, the lizard people. And like, I don't know, it's basically people think that like the higher ups, people that make a lot of money basically are lizards. I don't know how you feel about that, Mede. Um, honestly, I think that's true. I mean, I, I seen like videos where they talk about like lizard people and oh I, I honestly believe it. Like it's so real. But Diego, what are your opinions on it? It's real, bro. It's so scary. No, it is. No, but like, I feel think it's real, especially because I'd be like reading Bible passages and it even says something about lizard people. Are you serious? Yeah, I'm being that serious. So I'm just like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Well, they, you, they don't, but you know what I mean. I wish that you guys, like, out there listening could see Diego's face. It was, <laughs> like, the amount of shockness. Yeah. It's pretty cool. Well, I guess, like, another thing with that is, like, the amount or something that comes up a lot with conspiracy theories about, like, people being lizards and stuff is, um, what's it called? I forgot the word for it. Basically, that it's anti-Semitic. Like, some of the conspiracy theories, like, come up from anti-Semitism and also, like, a lot of, like, basically homophobic things and stuff like homophobia and stuff so that's something to keep in mind with conspiracy theories as well it's just like important to you know wait why huh why? oh like it, is it because they don't like jewish people so they're like you a lizard oh well no it's just like the people that come up with them it, i just like in a sense i read about it that some of like a good amount of conspiracy theories like it's felt that they come from like these like hate groups oh, yeah. just so people like don't believe that, like the for example like the conspiracy theory that we obviously all know that like is absolutely not true about the holocaust like not being real and stuff it's like anti-semitic basically trying to like de dehumanize or not dehumanize but basically make people feel less for like what they've experienced and stuff so yeah important yeah talking about 
the Holocaust. What do you think about Adolf Hitler being alive? Oh, yeah, that's also one. I saw a whole documentary about that because they didn't even find his body. Yeah, there was like a twin that shot himself. Yeah, like a doppelganger. A doppelganger, yeah. yeah. And they didn't even give them, because like usually when people die, the way they find out if it's you or not, they use like your teeth, like your dental records. And like no one had access to that for like a long while. That was like insane. So do you think he'd be like underground or something? Because I was reading some things about dumbs, you know what dumbs are? No. It's deep underground military bases. Oh. So they, people, I saw a conspiracy of people saying that they have like a whole city down there. I believe there's a city under underground. Why? Why do you think there's a city underground? Because isn't there a city everywhere? Yeah. Think about it, though. Yeah, you know, my parents were talking about that with, you know, Al Capone and stuff. Yeah. He basically had his own city underground. And, like, we only found out about that, like, I later. mean, like, in Greek mythology, too, they yeah. talked about how there was a whole other world. Do you guys know about the CERN portals? No, what's that about? You guys don't know about the CERN thing? They're trying to, like, open dimension portals like, oh, into right, different places. Right, yeah, yeah they did it in ju- July 4th or July 5th. Yeah. Oh, remember <laughs> when I told you about how... Okay, because we had a thing going on. Well, what I believe it was, like, me and YOLO and, like, certain people from our program or like, our coworkers, and our Instagram wasn't working. Like, we would get oh, our right. messages. But, like... It was, like, the first or second week that was happening. Yeah, and, and basically... Say. <clears throat> there's like this portal i think in switzerland and they were opening it and that's why our instagram was like really bad because that porter in that portal interfered with basically the internet in switzerland it was it was so weird yeah because i remember that day everyone was like did you get my message and then like the old messages from like a while back would pop up like this one girl i haven't answered like in months her message just came out, out of the nowhere. Like, um, okay. But yeah. They also, after they did the CERN portals, people reported seeing a green sky, like the light just going green. That is so scary. Yeah, I, I don't know like, where exactly, no. but I was, re- I didn't read about it. I saw I'm on the news thing on uh-huh. my phone. And that's weird if that has any connection. It probably, I don't know. I feel like it probably happened. I feel like if portals joined together, it'd be like chaos. It'd be like Stranger Things season five and spell. I'd be reading things about it and saying the movies and shows have predictive programming. Right. So everything like Stranger Things are really popular. Mm-hmm. So, and they're actually opening portals to different like places. Like, for example, in like the Marvel movies or the DC movies, how they talk about portals. Like, where do you get that from? I'm pretty sure it was a thing, or it is a thing. No, I'm pretty sure. The CIA files have crazy things. Like, for real, they have astral projection. Oh, they yeah, that it, went out. It's just crazy, yeah. yeah. It's crazy things. During the pandemic, when all the, like... What's election. It? The election was happening. They that released too. the CIA like, files. Like, the crystal girls were, like, all unpopular and, like, the altering dimensions. Do you guys remember when people were putting, like, cinnamon in water to, like, see those little... You remember? Cinnamon in the, and water? Yeah. So, basically, if you put, like, a lot of cinnamon in water and you drink it, it's, like, disgusting. Basically, it's, like, um, if you were to take like a drug in a sort of sense and then like you start seeing stuff like oh hallucinating yeah, yeah, yeah. it's like insane what do you guys do you guys think we live in a simulation you know sometimes I do think that well like what what's a simulation I because I I understand but I don't fully understand you know what's your definition of a like simulation 
no, guess, like don't even search it up. I want to hear what you say. Like, what do you think a simulation? I felt is? like I feel like a simulation is like when you're in a sort of sense being controlled, like what you do in your everyday life, but you don't know it, and like every third move is being controlled. I don't know, but yeah. Like by like a higher power or like yeah, like Katniss Evergreen vibes. Who's that Katniss Evergreen? You don't know who that is. No, Bruh. I don't know who that is. That's um. It's from Hunter Games. Oh, the girl that does the. Yeah. <laughs> that's the girl. Yeah. Okay. That's the girl. Yeah. Yes. So, I feel like it's kind of true. Like it a is simulation, true. as in we're code or we're just being controlled. Controlled. I think in general. I what mean, do you mean in general? Like in general, we're just being controlled yeah. overall. I used to have really bad anxiety, like really super bad anxiety, after. Like some, I had like a certain experience, uh -huh. which made me tweak out. So, it's like. I used to go into room and I just I close my eyes, but I see everybody opening their eyes at me, and I feel I I didn't feel connected with nobody. Every single time I closed my eyes, it was just super dark. But I just see myself. It's oh, weird. No. I don't know what's like. I don't know what's happening. And then I was watching TV shows when I had like super bad like experiences like that. Uh huh. Okay. It's I was watching TV shows and it was just weird. It was just weird. Because if you think about it, they're kind of watching us in a sense. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because we, we we see like a pretty guy, like a handsome guy, let's say a super handsome guy, and a super like pretty lady. I might try being like the super handsome guy, and y'all might try being like the super handsome lady, whatever. You know what I mean? Like we look up to them in yeah. a sense. Another so. thing is like, have you guys ever watched The Addams Family? No. Well, basically there's a scene where like this girl... She obviously, like, has power of the people there, right? But it's not the Adams family. Like, well, it's, like, this girl named Wednesday. And, spoiler alert, she, like, goes to, like, one of her friend's house. But they barely know each other. And, like, she's trying to explore the house with her. And she realizes, well, the girl, obviously the daughter of, like, that one higher power girl, she realizes that she has cameras everywhere, like, in each people's oh, houses. No. So she could see what they're doing. And they caught her and, like, She's like, no, it wasn't me or whatever. But, yeah. Uh -uh. I feel like that happens to us, though. Like, it's crazy because one time, I'm going to just, like, create a different scenario. But it's it's a true story. Um, I know this person. They were talking about the military. And, like, they were debating to go or not, right? And as soon as they stop talking, they get a a message from the military saying, hey, would you like to join us? And it was, like, super weird because... This person hasn't, like, talked or, like, applied to anything recently. Like, it's been years. And out of nowhere, like, the military was like, oh, would you like to join us? It was so weird, too. No, that's weird. That the phones weird. always be listening, like, for well, real. They are. So it's just weird. So we probably, like, at, like, simulation, I don't think we're, like, robots. I used to think we were, like, robots. I used to think, like, because one time my phone had a glitch where the person was texting me, but I, they weren't texting me. Like, they're like, I didn't text you. So I was just like, how if I'm just texting the phone instead of anybody else? You know what I mean? Yeah. So I'm just having a conversation with the phone. It's weird. And then, but it turns out, all right, let's say it's a simulation. It's your simulation, right? Okay. Yellow simulation. Okay. So right now, when we leave, when you leave from here, we just freeze. Me and Mitty just freeze. That's how I used nothing. to think when I was younger. Like, I used to think the whole, well, like, in a sort of sense that the world revolved around me. But, like, in a simulation, like, I used to think that, like, when I'd go out with my mom or, like, my mom and or, like, my sister 
and my brother and my dad, they would just stay at home and just sit there waiting for me to enter like the scene. Yeah, yeah. So that they start acting again. Bro, it's weird. It's weird. It's like we're like what if we are a simulation and it's your simulation, so yeah. it's like your show. So somebody, you you know, like we're going to the metaverse. Yeah. It's like how you know what I mean. <laughs> you you put the VR things and then yeah. there's somewhere else. There was a movie about that, I think. Like. Wait, no, it wasn't. Wait, you were talking about like the metaverse. But there's people that actually like live in the metaverse and only leave to just like eat. That's so weird. But like you do your own thing. I was like, no. What do you guys think about the metaverse? I get really scared thinking Uh -uh. about it. It's weird. I get really nervous. It just gives me anxiety thinking about that. Yeah, I don't like thinking about it. So let's say we are controlled. Like this could like bring everything in together. We are controlled by like the lizard people or whoever, whatever they do, they be doing or whoever it is. They would, if I was in control and I was selfish, I would, wouldn't want nobody to have nothing. Yeah. Like, nobody to experience the real world. You know what I mean? So I would make everybody go into the metaverse mm-hmm. without pushing everybody to go into the metaverse. Because if you look at it, it's a really slow progression. Yeah, they slowly, like, like I guess with, like, for example, like, trying to push people to, like, believe it with, like, COVID and stuff. It's real, but... Like, the the time process that they brought, like, slowly bringing out the information. So, like immediately no one would panic and feel like they were like the world was gonna end because they were like okay guys like welcome this is a new virus stay out and then they'd bring out like more information on how like how it like contact and everything and my parents were talking about how um like possibly they knew since the beginning like how it spread and everything it was just like how they really see information because they were like imagine like one day we just tell you like all of this is gonna happen like how would you react you know yeah it'd be catastrophe yes but it's weird i don't like thinking about things like that because man we can't really do nothing either yeah we're kind of powerless in a sort of sense you've guys seen like the show black mirror no that show scares me yo that show scares me because i'd be watching it well i didn't i don't be watching it some of my sister was watching it and it's just weird it's like an episode where they pete that you guys have like chips implanted in your head so you could turn it on and you could get distracted whenever. And you know Elon Musk is pushing for people. To oh have my gosh! Yes. So it's like, what's happening? Why are y'all putting? Let's say the, the episode got really popular, but nobody, everybody's saying, oh, it's probably not gonna happen. That's science fiction. That's what I was talking about. They like predictive programming. It's just like yeah. putting it into your psyche. There was there was a movie I remember watching with my parents where it's like the same thing, but like the thing with the chip, like the benefit from it was that. You would have like free internet access and that with the chip that you got. You'd also have like, I think it was like Medicare and stuff like that. So, I mean, obviously everyone's going to want it. And then like the higher up people would just like turn it on or turn it off and then put some like else program in the chip. And then like everyone would go against each other. Yeah, like no, insane. I don't want the chip in my brain. Right. Little, it's, just, it's weird. I, don't, I wouldn't want a chip in the brain. But because if let's say we do get a chip in the brain, like. Like, the government just has full control over you. You don't even have to go to prison, but they'll imprison you in your brain. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's, they like, was, so they scary re- to They could restrain you from feeling some type of feeling things. It's weird. What do you think about this, Maiden? I think she's just, like, scared. I'm scared. I don't want to talk about this. I'm not scared, but I feel like it's going to be reality at one point. Because, like, there's movies that supposedly you're going to pay with time, like your time that you have living. How would they extract the time? Think about it, though. I, I mean, people already have chips in their system. I mean, 
it's it's crazy, but I feel like it's the reality, and it just trips me out just thinking about it because mm. it's gonna be true at one point. Yeah. yeah, you know, they're already making robots. Technology is really high right now. Just yeah, think about how much really more. Quick. And like for all we know, the government could be like thousand, like not thousands, like a hundred years ahead with technology. You know what I mean? Talking about so, that, should we talk about how like time traveling is a thing? Oh, uh, time traveling is definitely a thing, but it, I feel like you can't really do it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. No, because Maria was talking about how you can. I remember a while back, and also in movies they talk about how if you mess up like one thing in the future, then you mess up like the whole timeline, and that affects like everything in a sort of sense which and is like interesting that just so let's say people are constantly going back in time so they're constantly like making new timelines mm-hmm. uh, that's weird no i remember watching this video on youtube like a while back where the guy was talking about how he volunteered for the cia to be part of like this thing or like maybe it was fake but like it seems so real i was like scared as hell for like a week and he was talking about how he like time traveled like to 2040 and how time travel was a thing and how people are going back in time they choose like the time they'd want to go back to it was like insane that ties into the mandela effect now yeah um, if people time travel they just mess something up and it suddenly changes something swag <laughs> <laughs> i mean now that we're in like this spirit where we're creeped out should we talk about scary stories uh, yes. and like how some conspiracies throughout let's say, stories that we were scared of when being a kid could possibly be true. Oh, like, Rona scares me so much. Yeah, no, my mom says it's real, and I fully believe it's real. Like, I've never been to Mexico, but I know damn well that when I go... It's so scary, bro. Never gonna be in a river by time. that my dad had told me, and ever since then, I've been traumatized. What's the story? What's the story? So, basically, he grew up in Mexico, right? Yeah. Yeah. And you know how, like, like, the house and then, like, I think the kitchen were, like, really far apart. You know how in some houses that's what they have? Yeah, yeah. So, basically... Man, don't tell me. I'm scared. (laughs) I'm scared. (laughs) My great-grandma, I think she was baking something. And she, obviously, every time, like, she went out, like, she would tell my dad and his brothers, you know? Uh, So, this night in particular, like, it was already late. And, like, the bread stopped baking, you know? Like, it was good. And then she's, like, she told my dad, because, like, every time they went, like, it was scary. So my dad would hold her back just in case of anything, like if something was trying to get her. And then my uncles would be in the back. But this night they heard like the Yorona screaming, you know, oh, like no. crying. And you know how like they say like if you hear it for like, like, like further, it's, it's closer. closer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's what they heard. Are you serious? Yeah. yeah. So my, my great grandma, like she got the bread or whatever. And, like, the Yorona was like really close. Like they kept hearing it, but it sounded so far Bro, and it was <laughs> really close. And then apparently, like, my grandma, like, spoke to her. And you're, you know how, like, you're never supposed to speak to them? Yeah, it's like, like it's super into, bad. It's, you're yeah. inviting them into your, like, Yeah, like, when you yeah. so acknowledge them, you're like, What happened bro. is, like, they invited her. And, like, basically, my grandma was, like, a big-time spirit person. Well, um. my great-grandma. Um, so my dad was, like, holding her back. And, like, they had the Bible and everything. It was, like, so crazy. Bro. But oh, basically, no. it got out. And then, like. You know, things went back to normal. But, like, I have so many stories of those, especially, like, that my dad would tell them, like, it just stayed in my brain. Because when I talk to my uncles, I'm like, is that true? And they're like, yeah. I feel like a lot of things happen, like, in, let's say, like, not as privileged areas as America. Mm -hmm. I feel like more things just happen over there. 
And I feel like when they happen in not so privileged areas, it's like more quiet and you won't believe it until you yeah, see it. You, yeah, you can't believe it. You're like, you, no, nah, they tweaking. Yeah. Do you have any stories? Like scary stories? Yeah, because I have mm-hmm. one that my mom told me is really scary. I, I have another one scary. about vampires. You know, actually, I do have a story now. So when my parents, like my dad was like crossing and stuff, my grandma, sh- or it said that my grandma would basically like pray to like La Santa Muerte and stuff. And when my uncles came through, like they used to live in a park and stuff because they were homeless for a while in like California. And she would pray that like they'd obviously like have something to eat and stuff. And my uncles, like every time you ask them, like they say that this lady like dressed all in black, you would never see her face. She would come to them like in the park and give them sandwiches. Like no joke. It's like insane. What do you do you believe like oh, yeah, in I, different entities? I do. Oh, one time when my mom went to the hospital, she tells me this and you could see the goosebumps just pop right out of her skin. Uh-huh. She went to the hospital. My it was like my, my grandma's last week of being alive uh-huh. and she was in the room with her. Nobody else was with them. And so she was in the room right there. She said she was just praying like to God like the whole night cuz she just sensed something was weird, something was funny. Yeah. And she said it got all cold. The, the room got completely cold for a second. Like, all cold. And my grandma, she really didn't talk nothing when she was in the hospital. And she said that she she felt something. So she's like, oh, my God. <laughs> she's like, she felt the cold. So she started praying, like, praying. And then she said, heard my grandma saying something. She heard my grandma saying, hola, ma. And to her mom and dad, like, Aww. she was saying, hola. She's like, I'm happy to see you guys. And then my mom said that she didn't want to look up because she has heard that, but she did not want to look up. And... When she looked up, she saw, like, a black figure, like, completely black, super tall. Oh, hell no. And my mom's like, he had something in the hand. But she did. She she looked up for a second, and she completely closed her eyes, and she looked down, and she would just continued praying. Yeah. And, yeah, the crazy thing was my my grandma died, like, the week after. And the But the thing is, like, every, the vitals seemed good before that. So my, then my mom's like, it was just super weird because... She started talking, and then she looks up. She sees a completely black figure. The room gets all cold. And, yeah, she doesn't like telling me the story, but I'll be asking her. Tell me the story. <laughs> That's insane. It's crazy. Oh, wait, yeah. Well, my brother, he was in the hospital when he was younger. He was, like, really sick for a while. And he says that he remembers seeing, like, this black person just, like, come and touching kids. And, like, like not even, like, a second later, the kid would be dead. That's like, crazy. Yeah. That's crazy. Like, that me literally, La like, Muerte, like, would come and touch them, and they'd be dead. And my mom talks about how one time, like, it came close to him and how he started screaming and crying to her that, like, it like to not let it touch him. It's, like, so sad and stuff, but, yeah. That's crazy. I've, yeah. I'm pretty sure that's real. I am sure I'm pretty sure real. that's real. Like, I know one about, like, a vampire. Super scary. Go ahead. Is it, is it I'm literally Mexico? not going to be able to sleep is today. It in Mexico? <laughs> yeah, it was in Mexico. Don't they have, like, people that turn into, like, wolves? Like, oh, yeah. Dogs? Yeah, my... Oh, my... Oh, that's just... So, basically... super scary. Like, in my... Like, where my dad used to live, they Like, they would share... Like, it would be bunk beds, right? Yeah. And his... Well, my tia was sleeping in the top bunk or whatever. But, like, they would sleep on the floor, right? <laughs> I'm getting cool. And <laughs> supposedly, like... My tia started moving all crazy with it. And, like, they thought it was weird, you know? And then my great-grandma, like, walked in the room, and they heard that my tia was, like, saying something, like, 
it wasn't the language that they spoke, you know? And they were so used to this happening consistently that they already, like, knew what to do. Uh-huh. And, like, it turns out, like, she had so much force. Like, you would move her, and, like, she'll push you away. You know, like, and she'll like just touch you. Yeah, basically, that's what happened to her. So, um, my great-grandma's, like, waking up everyone else, like, we need help, you know? So, I remember, like, my dad telling me, like, every time he would tell us this, like, he would be, like, shaking, right? Uh-huh. And he told me, like, they had to put, like, a white cover on her and then, like, hold her down, like, badly because, like, she had so much strength. And supposedly, like, <clears throat> my grandma's, like, really good. Oh, my great-grandma. She was, like, really good to, like, talk to the spiritual world. Mm-hmm. So she somehow, like, got in contact with him. And supposedly, like, he wanted her body for him, like, he wanted oh. to live as a human, like but a in like first one of his. It was a vampire. It was a vampire, and he wanted to live in her body. And then, like my grandma, t- my great grandma, told him to like f off or whatever. Yeah. And it was so funny because like it worked, but then he wanted to take over my grandma. So oh. mind you, like everybody's like working, trying to get them both like, uh, like him out, you know. And I remember like my dad was like really trying and like they were like praying and crying and like somehow out of nowhere like he just left yeah because he, he couldn't get through it like through it that's crazy um all right let's say like there's like a, i mean the, you guys know about the pineal gland oh the third eye yeah the space you third like the science every time for the third eye imagine we could see all the things that are around us like you we'd probably be so scared I think we can. Yeah, like, I'm pretty sure some people can see way more than other people. Like, when you were telling the story about your mom seeing things, yeah, it's I, happened to me so many times. Then you probably could see more, like, you're probably more in tune with yourself or something. we had lived in, like, this house, and I remember, like, this house, like, had really bad, like, background information. Like, yeah. like if you were, like, to research this house, like, way back then, you will find, like, this house had something to do with slavery and all that. Oh, that's insane. So I remember, like, we would hear, like, the weirdest things ever, and it was an apartment. So we knew it wasn't the people from upstairs or downstairs, you know? And I remember, like, specifically in the middle room, you would hear scratches on the walls. But then somebody would scream at you, like, they'll be like, help me. And you, like, wake up all crazy with it. And I remember one time it happened to my dad. And I remember he didn't want to tell us anything. And then I would sleep with my middle sister, and... I remember one time, like, I woke up because I need to go to the bathroom, you know? You, have you ever gone like that? Okay, yeah. yeah. So basically, I need to go to the bathroom. And I could have sworn I saw this, like, old lady. And, like, she was in, like, her robe. And, like, she was going to go to the bathroom. And ever since then, like, se me quitaron las ganas to go to the bathroom. She said, like, you can no. go first. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, go ahead. Like, go first. And I remember that I heard the door slam. And I'm like, wait, no, it, it's real. Like, she went into the bathroom. Like, I saw her. And then it happened, like, a few minutes passed, and I saw a little kid running in the hallway. And I'm like, no, like, it, it's someone's here, you know? Yeah. And I remember, like, my dad always told me, like, don't ever talk to them. And they were trying to talk to me. And then we had a closet. And in that closet, that old lady, after she left, I'm assuming she left the bathroom because I saw her again. Same space and everything. Because the bathroom and the closet were, like, this close. Like, really close. And I remember, like... After she went to the bathroom, she went to the closet. Bro, I could have sworn the light turned on and off. And then <laughs> I guess she had gotten something. And mind you, like, it was weird because her clothes would go miss- like, missing out of nowhere. And I remember, like, she grabbed something, walked out, and I never saw it again. 
but they always tried contacting me. It was it was like weird. I have a funny story. That's okay. the way it goes. Go. So when I was younger, like I think like seven, eight, I I was I finally got my own room for like the first time. Okay. But I was pretty scared. I was like, I so I started lying to my mom. I was like, yo, I see somebody in there. I see somebody in there. I started lying to her, and then she's like, yo, yeah, you see somebody. And I, it got, I started saying it so much to the point that I kind of started believing it. So I, like, scared myself. Yeah. She's like, oh, you see something in there? And she, like, threw me in there. She's like, pray. You better pray you don't see that <laughs> thing no more. And I was super scared. I didn't want to turn behind me because I was like, how would if I told someone to come here now that I kept saying, you know what I mean? So yeah. I was like, I'm not turning around. I just started praying. I was like, oh, my goodness, please help me. Don't do this. And then after, like, 10 minutes of me having to pray, my mom was like, all right, you can come out now. And she's like... All right, you should be good now. Oh, and I got so scared. I know. Well, actually, in my house, sorry, this is like the last story. No, one time, or like my one of my fr- dad's friends, he like died of COVID, and he has this one friend. His name's like Almaraz, and he came to our house apparently, and then he sat down where usually the people that come and visit sit down, like you know, like that one designated speed, yeah, seat seat yeah. or whatever. And then out of the nowhere, like the light literally just turns off. Like, that one light that's right below where, like, Almara sat down, like, it turned off. And, like, it was, like, insane. And my dad was like, okay, let's turn it back on. Then he turned it back on, and then it, like, started flickering and stuff. So then my dad just, like, talked to him in a sort of sense through the light. And then, like, he said that, like, you know, like, like he knew that it was him. And then, like, you know, he hopes, like, that he's okay and that, like, everyone's good and stuff. But, like, even then, my sister came back. She sits on the seat, like, normally where people that come and visit sit. The lights are flickering. It was like insane. Bruh. That's crazy though. I have like a nice story, but it's a little sad. Um, my great grandma, she was like at this urge of like passing away, and mm-hmm. like she, she personally went to go tell us goodbye. Like, I remember, like I couldn't sleep that night. Like Aww. we were so uneasy. Like we couldn't sleep, but we weren't gonna bug each other because it's just like, what are we gonna do? You know? Yeah. And I remember, like, I was tossing and turning, and it was raining that day, but it was, like, nice rain. It was, like... Like subtle rain. It was, like, really nice, you know? And I remember, like, I just felt something, like, super warm. And mind you, my room was, like, super cold all the time. And I don't really sleep with a blanket on. And I remember, like, it got so warm, and I just felt like a hug. And the next thing I knew, like, five minutes later, my dad comes running upstairs, like, your great-grandma passed away. That is so and it was, sad. It was sad, but it was, like, so crazy because we all experienced it at the same time. So she said goodbye, and, like, she was, like, saying goodbye, but, like, the way she died, it was, like, so cute. Like, I know it's, like, weird. Like, how do you die cute? But um, she died in her sleep, but she was smiling when she died, Aww. and, like, her arms were, like, open. What if she, like... Cute. She felt like her soul leaving, and she went to the home. We'll go hug everybody. That's what we believed. That's crazy. Danger. Thank you for listening to What's Up on WLPN LP Chicago, 105.5 FM Lumpen Radio. That was a fun time talking about conspiracy theories with YOLO. Knitted. And Diego. Thank you so much for listening. See you guys. And that's the conclusion of our program. Brought to you by the fine folks at... Oh, not you again. No! Hey, yo, who let her back in? (laughs) And that's a wrap. We hope you enjoyed whatever it is you just heard. Heartwarming interviews, tear-jerking stories, magnificent music, and the sound of our voices. Because God knows that this is the best content on the airwaves.
Don't forget to follow YOLO on all their social medias at YOLO Kali. And you can find all our audio content on SoundCloud, MixCloud, and Apple Podcasts. We bougie like that. Well, that's it. Bye. See you next Saturday from 12 to 2 p.m. for another episode of What's Up? What's Up? What's up?